they need to have a reason for you to continue to say, oh, I'm in my bed. Oh, let me go downstairs and grab my vision. Like, cause your phone's with you, right? Let me go get this and put it on and make sure it's charged. And, all. and I can see that could be more of a roadblock. And they really need to have reasons for you to say that to yourself. I need, let me go get my vision pro and put that on. And it can't just be on the flight. Like when you're at home or whatever, oh, let me grab my vision pro because it's going to make what I'm doing better, easier, more convenient, whatever it is. If I'm editing in final cut and I put my vision pro on and it, I can blow up final cut huge in front of me and I can really get, it has to be, it has to make things you're doing better, more fun, more convenient. And if it's not doing that, why would I put it on? John, how you doing? I'm good. Happy to be back. Been a minute. Been a minute. First show of 2024. And we're starting with a banger. Ooh. Big news week. Crazy week. It's uh, Apple Vision the, Pro. The biggest, yeah, the biggest week for Apple since Apple Watch in 2015. Or maybe even since the iPhone. Who knows? Oh. A lot of hype going on right now. And to contribute to that hype. The hypiest of all hype. Yes, we're doing our jobs this week by bringing in Apple's biggest hype man. The titan, a titan of hype men. Controversial, yes. I will say. King of controversy, Mr. Sam Cole. Apple Track is here. How are you doing, What's sir? What's up, guys? What's up? It's a big week. It's a big week. I woke up today. There was a grin on my face. And you know what? It wasn't because <laughs> of Vision Pro on Friday. It was because I got to talk to my two best friends, Andrew and John. There we go. Yeah. There we go. See, that? that's what I like the to man. hear. This is the first time. This is the first time a guest turned around the intro. True. Ever. Put it back on us. Ever. I like that. Yeah. And that's what makes Sam the best. As we said, Vision Pro is launching this week, right. but we have a lot of stuff to talk about. The Vision Pro is not the first topic I want to get into, but I do have one question I want to ask John real quick, yeah. just out of curiosity, because I'm very excited about okay. Friday, and I know Sam is very excited about Friday. Over the past couple of years, we've been talking about the rumors of an Apple headset, yes. and then the headset was announced this past June. And John, you never really seemed... I wouldn't use the word excited for yeah. you. You weren't really excited about it. You were curious about it. You had some interest, but you weren't really excited. And I'm wondering, has that changed as we're approaching the launch date? You just described my whole sort of opinion on the current state of VR, AR stuff. I am really excited. I would have been excited to try somebody else's Vision Pro. Just to, is it worth it? I did pre-order one. I have one coming. My credit card and wallet were not overly thrilled. <laughs> How about this? I'm open-minded about it. I don't think okay. I'm excited yet, but I'm eager to be proven wrong. For those of you who are listening to this podcast for a while, I don't often tow the Apple company line. Uh, Andrew and I have different opinions on a lot of Apple things. Um, I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Going in, knowing the shortcomings, there's a tethered battery pack and battery life's not so good. and It's probably going to feel heavy on the face. I'm still excited to see what Apple can do. This. Okay. Cool, cool. So we're going to get back into okay. Vision Pro. First thing on my agenda, I just want to put it out there real quick. It's an aside, but I saw today that Severance is back in production. Yes, oh, I saw I that too. I, I didn't see that. That's okay. So season one was great. Yeah. Season was incredible, yeah. but it made me think. Do you remember back in the day, back in the day, quote unquote, a show would end on a cliffhanger mm -hmm. in May and then in September... The show would be back and it would pay off that cliffhanger with the season premiere. No, never happened. I don't remember. September, October. <laughs> I do. Yeah. What do you mean? No. no, I'm just joking. Okay. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. And not only that, 
you would have a season which would consist of 24 episodes of this show, yes. right? Severance came out two years ago, yeah, I believe to the day, if it was not yesterday or today, two years ago. Wow. It was a 10 episode season that ended on an incredible cliffhanger. Yeah. And two years later, we're still waiting. Like, mm, yeah. It's not coming out. It's just back in production. So that means they're not even in post-production yet. What? Why? What is, is going on? This is what you, I don't out of like all this. the things to talk about, this is what I guess you started with season two of Severance. Listen, hey, I love late. Severance. I love it's one of my it's hey. maybe my favorite show of all time, to be honest. It was See? incredible. See? I just want to throw that here's out there. It's like, the okay. I think it was like the writer's strike, the acting strike. And then I don't know if these reports were accurate, but apparently there were like two different groups of writers and one had a very strong conviction about their idea and one had another strong, very conviction about their idea. So it seems like they probably deliberated for a long time about. There was some strife on set. Strife I heard about that set. as well. I just want to let everybody know that if they mess this up, I'm switching to Android. Oh. I can't do it. <laughs> All right, heard it here. There we go. Hold in. Android yeah, track. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> the launch of Android track is coming. Okay, John. First topic. Okay. You are in the you are in the driver's seat for this one. Pun intended. You were checking out the new Tesla Model Three. Yeah, yeah. The refresh re, the redone the new Model Three. They're calling it. What? Did, how was it? What do you think about it? Uh, so I had it for a week. Tesla reached out to try to test one out. I drove a Model 3 for two years. Two years yep. ago, I had a performance Model 3. So I had definitely had a basis from where to come from. It's refined in every possible way. And I was testing the rear-wheel drive version, just the standard range, the lowest of the trim, I think 39.5. Uh, with Tesla okay. prices, it could be more or less tomorrow. Yeah. But it was incredible. The build quality, first of all, was outstanding. I think that's been something Tesla struggled with. The noise damping of new acoustic glass was great. The refresh rate at the center display was awesome. The fact that there's ventilated seats in this base model, the rear screen in the back, like the S and the X. The fact that there's an actual mechanical honky horn meant that I didn't really care that much about the socks being removed, although I'd prefer if they were there. It just refined it. In every way, it's a better car. Every way is a better car. What I've heard is that one way that it's not a better car, at least right now, is that the autopilot slash full self-driving stuff isn't like all there, like even automatic parking and all that. So that's not unique to this car. That's unique to any of the Teslas with hardware four. Um, okay. So that's nothing that unique to this, but a lot of the autopilot stuff does not work. In fact, Tesla wouldn't even turn on full self-driving mm -hmm. for me. I don't know if there's anything, any relation to that, but smart mm -hmm. summon, all that kind of stuff, summon in general do not yet work with hardware for that's not necessarily new. It was the same way with previous hardware iterations too. the features came later. Okay. Came yeah. I, Cause I've also heard people who are buying the cyber truck. It's like you buy the cyber truck Nothing and works. you look at the, like the purchase page and it's like, do you want to get autopilot or full self-driving? Here's all the features you'll get yeah. if you buy this. And then you go pick up your cyber truck and none of these things mm. are enabled. No, no. And that's just the hardware limitations right now. That'll obviously get unlocked. I got my invitation to configure the cyber truck. Ooh, as did I, as did I. And I was like, have you seen it in person yet? Have you gone to the Seattle store and checked I've it out? I've seen it in person only where it's like behind a rope. Yeah. So I didn't, I've never touched it. I've just seen it like with what's my your, eyes. I've what's your, what's your opinion there? I personally, it grew on me a lot. For me, I feel almost like I'd be driving around town feeling like Master Chief from Halo. Yeah. yeah. I like it. The thing is. Obviously, parking it is going to be not the easiest thing. It's big. Right? It is. I don't know if it's, yes, like, it's if, very if you big. haven't seen it in person, it's big. It's a monster. 
But the other thing is, as we've seen with Tesla, like they don't even have model years so much as it's like, hey, we just decided to fix this one part. Just from now on, anybody that buys this car, we're just fixing this part. So I always feel like the first generation or the first release of a Tesla vehicle, that's not going to be the same car even six months from now. They're going to find a couple things that they're just going to modify and change. And so it just feels like a, it feels like a poor decision to buy one right out of the Would you get it otherwise, though? You have no issue with the aesthetic, the look of it, the size of it? I think I would. I think I would. I think I would. And I would use it as my primary vehicle. Whoa. Yeah. Because I don't, I have no need for two cars. So I trade in the Y, go Cybertruck until I get tired of it. I really want one. I think it's like one of the coolest looking cars ever made. And (laughs) I did the math. So I have a question for John as well. Yeah. I'm currently on a, an S refreshed S like a 2022. Great car. I do really like it. It's very fast. It's a little boaty sometimes just cause it's so long and it's decently wide as well. So my first question, the first comment is I wanted to get a cyber truck, but I did the math and it's just like, I, I'd be losing many thousands of dollars if I basically sold did my you get your S now. new? Did you get it new? Yeah. And I bu- pre-price giant price drop. I bought it. I think about 91 peak to be clear. No. 101, I think for the long range. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's definitely got me a little bit. Which I'm like, hey, whatever. I own the car for a year before that price drop happens, so I definitely got a good value. Your money's worth out of it. But now looking at the three, I'm like, man, I do. I did look at the math, and it seems like the new three, cool. It's a little bit more sporty as far as the handling goes. Do you think it'd be worth even thinking about switching from an S to a three? It'd be slower, lower range, but new aesthetic. Yeah. So I can't speak to the financial side of it or how that would impact you. That's a personal thing. Yeah. I have often struggled with what the appeal of an S is when the three was so for a while, even before before the refresh. And I'm, I drove an S. I, I love the S. It's slightly larger. You know, there's some differences, door handles, storage and that kind of stuff. But for a third of the price, it's tough. You may want to wait for a performance three. That might mm. make that gap a little bit smaller. I only drove the, the, again, the standard range. It felt quick, but not fast. I imagine the long. The performance is not out yet. They haven't even announced it, but obviously, it's, okay. like, obviously it's coming. I think you'll get a lot of the things that you have in the S right now, plus some. So you'll lose storage, right? You'll lose some of the width of the car, but you'll get rid of that body feel. It'll be more sporty because it's lighter. You'll gain ambient light, which is yeah. really nice. It's cool. Do you have the yoke? Imagine you have the yoke if you got an I do. Right? So you'll get an actual wheel and a honky horn if that's something that's appealing to you. But I'd be hard-pressed to see why people would go, from, unless they need the exercise, go for an S over 3. I really would. Yeah, especially with this refresh. Like before, it was, oh, the S just got refreshed. I, in 2021, literally took 10 months to get it because it was so hard to obtain. And then now that I saw the 3, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I would have just gotten a new 3 had it looked that way. But I the S, I had a 2019 3. So the, it was a pretty big change from that. But yeah. now, now it's hard and then the Cybertruck's in there. And I'm, I'm not an Elon fan per se, but I'm definitely a Tesla lover. And yes, I, I like what they're doing. Where you live though, like where you just moved to, it, I'm assuming Cybertruck would be just an unwieldy vehicle to drive around and park in LA. Yeah. It'd be a little right. tough. Get that yeah. I'd, I'd be valet parking everywhere. And I think even they'd be like, we can't park this. 
it does have rear wheel steering for in all fairness true so Sam, sam's not going he's not going cyber truck i can't see it i can't see oh, it. i listen if i had the ca- if i just had the cash for like a fun little car i'd yeah. buy that in a heartbeat not even a question but i yeah i don't i'm not in that position yet not yet not yet not yet we'll get there we'll get there Vision Pro coverage yeah. <laughs> about to give you that bag. Let's move on to that. Let's move on to that. Apple Vision Pro launch week. I went down to LA two weeks ago, week and a half ago to see Vision Pro. My incorrect assumption was that it was like a preparatory meeting to get, get fitted, get everything dialed in so that your review unit is on point. Um, I believe I was incorrect because Vision Pro comes out in four days and I have no review unit. And Mark Gurman says reviews are dropping tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. So I am not on that list, but I did pre-order one. I'm curious. And you both did as well. I'm assuming like John, I think you said earlier. I did. You you pre-ordered two. Okay. So the downside for me, I don't mind pre-ordering devices at all. The downside for me, I guess all three of us actually Mm -hmm. being on the West Coast is the device will come out in stores at 8 a.m. Eastern time, which for us is 5 a.m. And then for those of us who ordered home delivery, at least for me, sometimes you like UPS for me has already come today. They came around 10 a.m. But sometimes I come at 7 p.m. Yeah. And so is the Vision Pro arriving at my doorstep at 10 p.m. Eastern time? And then I'm going to get started. Like how much the goal for people like us is we need to get stuff out as close to release as possible. And so that's the disappointing thing i was trying to check out and every time i went to check out the time that i had for in-store pickup was like no longer available yeah. and after three three attempts it was all gone for day one so oh. i had to choose you I, I kept getting a payment card aired every time i'd go back in it was yeah. kept pushing the time back that so too. I just i did the same thing i think i have a case that's for in-store pickup but the vision pro itself is oh my god being delivered here yeah. i was just gonna say i got really lucky i got an 8 a.m time slot at an apple yeah. store Real fortunate. So, ADM and what? Didn't you have, don't you have three of them? I mean, there's, we're making sure that we're getting one on day one. That's all I'll say. Fair enough. So my last demo, I thought, so can you talk, they do the way, can you share like, your, yeah, of course like, I can talk about it. Sam, have you tried this on yet? No, no, John, I've been wanting to try it on. It's been a hard, it's been a hard uphill battle. No one at Four Apple days. loves me, even though I love them so much. I'm pain, John. I I haven't tried it either. Now, Andrew, if you could take off the Apple's yeah, great tinfoil hat here for a minute. And like objectively, how yeah. did it feel on the face? Was it comfortable after time? Like after the initial like wonder wore off, is there a use case why you would use it for that kind of thing? Here's the thing. Okay. The one so I use it at WWDC and I used it last week. Okay. Last week, you're able to be a little more analytical. Like mm-hmm. the first time you're using it, you're just like <laughs> I, what is this? What yeah. is this world I'm in right now? This is crazy. The second time you can be a little more analytical. It's still incredibly impressive. But what I immediately saw, or maybe after a couple of minutes, what I, yeah. as you're sitting there doing it with an Apple employee to your left and an Apple employee to your right, taking notes. So one of <laughs> them is talking to you the whole fair. time. And one is like just writing notes down, right? You quickly realize you are really, it's obvious, but when you're in there, you're like, okay, I'm really sitting in what really amounts to a movie trailer, like a summer blockbuster movie trailer. Yeah. They're giving all, I don't know, 
12 different experiences, but each one is just like a taste of something. Like as soon as you're like you getting used to it, you're like, oh, let me, nope, let's go to the next thing. Yeah. Right. So it's like, they're really just hitting me with impressive thing after impressive thing. And they are impressive. But at the end, you're like, man, I really want to do that more. They don't give you the opportunity mm. to sit with it and get used to something. So it's hard for me to be objective in that way because I haven't just experienced it. I experienced it in like a movie trailer. Like I said, like the next Marvel movies come out, the new Avengers, you watch the trailer. Oh my God, I cannot wait to see this. I'm yeah. buying my tickets. I'm pre-ordering it. But then you go to the movie and it's like, oh, okay, that was fine. But I'm not there yet. I'm still in like the, the movie trailer mindset of it. Okay. The one thing that I've seen a lot of people or several people talk about the heaviness of yeah. this thing. I used the solo band. So the one larger knit band that goes like around your not head, the, not the two straps. Yeah. yeah, not the two straps. At WWDC, I believe it was the solo with a strap on top. So this time, no strap on does top not, at all. Does it come with both and you can pick what you like? comes with both and you can just decide okay. do you want to use the single or do you want to take that off and use like a double strap okay. mechanism i had no problem with comfort at all i had no problem with heat but to be fair i also don't feel that with the medic quest 3 like i can put the medic quest 3 on and use it for 45 minutes and i'm not feeling fatigue i'm not feeling pain and they're fairly close in weight so I'd say if you're used to using VR headsets, if you don't have a problem with the ones that you currently have used, then you won't have a problem here. Okay. If you've never used one, you know, maybe I'm forgetting. Maybe when I first started using these things way back when, the Oculus Rift, maybe it did feel heavy and I've just gotten used to it. Yeah, that's fair. It's not natural to have, what is it, 900 grams or something like that. It's not natural to have something that weighs yeah. that much just sitting here on your face and on the bridge of your nose. So I can certainly understand why people who are not used to that are going to say, this thing is heavy. For me, I didn't have any complaints about comfort. In fact, when it was done, like it was for me, I was like, no, I want to keep going. This is how long like did I you said, have a great time in here. How long did you have it on for again? I want to say between 40 and 45. Okay. So I had the one hour appointment and some of that was measuring and some of that was explaining to me what we're going to do yeah. and then. Part of it was afterwards, I took it off and they were like, we have one more thing to show you. And we walked over to someone else's office. They were like, someone in here is working and they're using Vision Pro and you're going to go in and see how they're working. I walk into the office and they're using Vision Pro and then it changes quickly from Vision Pro like colors to their eyesight feature. Yeah. So I could see, I could experience what eyesight looked like from the outside. I don't know. I don't know if the way I felt was just like, oh, it's cool. I'm finally able to see this. Or if it was just like, this really feels distorted. There was like a feeling of like. Confusion. Weirdness. Yeah. yeah like it was like, yeah. it's weird. And it, I didn't know if it was weird because it was like, I didn't know if this was going to be like a, were you even releasing this? That you haven't shown us at all. Yeah. So was it going to be ready day one? Here it is right in front of me. Do you guys. They try to put. Do you see a use case? Oh, do you see a use case of this though? Like you see a use case. Of for this, this feature? No, of in general. A Vision Pro. What's, what's your use case? Just a Vision Pro in general. What's, like, what's your use case for this? I think the number one use case, the most fascinating thing for me, until we see the developer apps, okay. the most fascinating thing for me, number one was entertainment. Okay. Like I watched a trailer for Star Wars and I watched a trailer for the Super Mario Bros. movie. You have not seen, you haven't seen 3D content until you've seen it in here. And it's like not you, bad. 
no, it's it's the opposite. Like it's you. The, this is the only way I want to watch TV. What? Let's put it like that. This is the only. It's not when you go to the movie theater and they give you the 3D glasses and it dims everything out or it like cuts the resolution per eye. No, instead they're giving you full resolution in each eye in 4K HDR. Mm-hmm. Not just depth. It's like it's depth both ways. You're looking into the screen, but it's also coming like it's very impressive. I heard the Monarch show, which is on Apple TV Plus, was actually shot in spatial oh, video. Cool. So I'm assuming that you can day one, that's something you can watch. In space. It's incredible. So that would be for me. Now I live by myself, right? So putting on a headset to watch content is really for me, no different than just turning on the TV. If you have a family that might be a little different, right? Like it's yeah. either you're going to be the one, but now you can share play. So if you have an Apple TV, you can say, all right, I'm going to put this on a headset and I'm also going to play this on the Apple TV so everybody can watch. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Show. That's cool. Yeah, you can share play. Or two or cool. three of us in the same room have the headset so we can all share play together and watch the same content. I mean, hmm. That's cool. Very expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. So you can enjoy things with people in the same room, but it's either going to be everybody's wearing a Vision Pro or one or more people are wearing one and some others are not. Which, in either case, comes across as a little, it's just going to be a little strange yeah. until at least the world gets accustomed to doing this. Yeah. It's a little strange. But you can also do it remotely. So it's, it could be like, hey, the three of us, when we get our Vision Pro, let's have a movie night. And we can watch whatever, share play it, and we can all have whatever. Like, I can be on the top of a volcano, and John, <laughs> you can be in Tatooine. Sure. And then Sam can be in the middle of Apple Park under the rainbow, and we're all watching whatever piece of content. Okay. So that would be my number one use case. Now, number two, I know that there are games coming. I did not get to experience one. The only person that I know that did was Jeff Keighley during his demo. So not everybody got the same demo. Not everybody saw the same thing. Jeff Keighley, who runs the Game Awards, he was able to check out, I think, a game or two. I know games are coming and I know one use case, again, very expensive just because of the cost of this product. Yeah. But if the three of us were in the same room, mm-hmm. we could all put on our headsets and we can all set up a augmented reality game in front of us that we can all see okay. and we can all see each other manipulating. So let's yeah. say, I don't know, we were doing, remember that old school game Mousetrap back yeah. in the day? Yeah, of course. <laughs> like we could all play like a game of Mousetrap in 3D and we could all see it synced up no matter where we're standing. So that's cool. Obviously less less of a use case because you need to have people around yeah. to do that and they also need to have their headsets. Hey, I see two friends Other in use this cases, call that are going to have think... the headset. What's I that? I see two people in this call they are going to have the headset for Mousetrap when we play it. We're hey, ready. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I saw some cool developer applications. Now, this isn't one for me, but for example... I saw one where you have the headset on and you're having a conversation with someone and it's just subtitling what's being said, no matter if it's in your language or another language. That's cool. Cool. But the other person is not getting the subtitles back unless they're wearing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like it helps me maybe if I'm watching, I don't know, I'm watching a show. It would be weird. Like where would I be wearing vision? Watching squid games. Mm. There you go. I'm watching Squid Games, but why wouldn't I just put the built-in 
subtitles. It, you know I think, what I'm I think it's so more it for if like, you. I thought the concept would be like if you're traveling and they're speaking a different language, it would translate immediately to English. Right. But then, what about the other half? Oh of the yeah, they gotta buy Vision Pro, dog. Yeah, they got, <laughs> yeah, that's thirty five hundred. Like you go to back. Tokyo Disneyland, yeah. <laughs> you go to Tokyo Disneyland, and you go on a ride, and you, then you put on Vision Pro, and now you can see what people are saying on the ride experience. Yeah. So then you have there's, I saw some like cool writing apps. Basically, I've seen some developers putting together some cool things that match up with what you okay. were getting on the iPhone in the early days. The only difference is. Do these things make sense in a headset that you're wearing? That's why I can't say yes or no. I have to say that I doubt it in some ways, but until I try it, I just don't know. And the other one obviously is going to be working. Like that's something Apple wanted to, they didn't show me any games, but they definitely showed me how to use it like for work with the exception of, I did not get to try looking at a Mac and then mirroring the Mac's display, that's Pretty cool. but I used it as its own computer. So I had several apps running. And it's an M2 chip in there. So what they told me was, my question to them was, every time you show someone multitasking, it's with three displays. There's a display in the middle yeah. and then one on the right, one on the left. Is that some sort of limitation? Is that all you can do? And they said, no, this is an M2 powered computer. So this is just like how we've been showing it, but you can basically push the M2 to its limit. If you want to have displays all around you in a 360 degree ball, go ahead and do it until you max out the M2 chip. So Using it for work, if you're comfortable, like in that environment, sounds like it's going to be doable. The other interesting thing, when it scans your hands, it actually scans your whole arm. So if you're wearing an Apple watch, you can see it perfectly as That's if you're cool. in there, but you cannot pick up your iPhone and look at it and see that perfect. Cause I just happened to glance at my watch. I was like, oh wow, I could see my watch. And then I grabbed my phone and it was like, couldn't see it at all. But yeah, it, it made me leave very excited to to pick up this device from a obviously from a work perspective like yeah. sharing it with our viewers but just from a personal i love technology perspective like it really still is one of the most profound experiences i've had with any tech product i don't know if that feeling will last a week later two weeks later a month later I'm hoping that there is a good cadence of whether it's third party developers or first party experiences, apps, games, whatever it might be that kind of keep us coming back because as we've seen with other VR headsets, I've heard so many people say this, they've bought a quest two or a quest three. Yeah. They were so excited about it. And after a couple of months, they just one day just stopped putting it on. Spending this much money on something and after a couple of months not putting it on would be a terrible decision. It would be a bad look for Apple. So they need to keep that excitement. Is the uh, How good are the screens? Do the screens look like real life? Oh, yeah. Like for me, so the easiest way to imagine it is like you're putting on like ski goggles. Like it's literally you put the ski goggles on and your your world doesn't change. So right? if I'm moving my hand, up, like, go, is it going to look like? A oh, it's real time. Really? Yeah, it's real time because they said it's updating. I forget the how many twelve. I think it was twelve milliseconds or something, which is eight times faster than a human blink. Jeez. So that's you're not going to. It's imperceptible. Okay, that's pretty sick. Yeah, I still have a hard time seeing what the killer use case is. I will say during that in their announcement, 
when they showed like the NBA app and they showed like the replay and sitting courtside. If they can get this with the major sports, if I could sit on the 50 yard line and watch a Rams game or sit courtside and watch a Laker game, I'm in. Like, that's it. I'm done as a sports fan. That was it for you. Like, as a sports fan, like, everything else that I can do on top of that is just extra. So, for you, it's about sports in particular or sports in particular. So, sports in particular. Okay. And if I'm going to go to a Laker game or Rams game, it's four or 500 bucks a ticket. So, I can start to justify a price a lot better if I'm like, watch every game. Like this, so would so you would make that because you do go to a lot of Rams games. So you would make the decision to say if I can sit at the fifty yard line or wherever I want to be. Actually, if I want to move myself around, I would do this instead of go live. No, not still be the live. Still be the live. Okay, about to go like away games and actually see like you're sitting there. Okay, hear (laughs) the crowd noise and turn around and see people, you know, cheering and kind of get that feeling. That'd be incredible. That's true. Absolutely incredible as a sports fan. I imagine probably MLS and Major League Baseball, the first things that'll come since they already have those partnerships. I'm sure MLS is going to be there. This is Apple product that I've seen where they're not presenting the use case. They're allowing developers to make that use case, whatever Mm. that might be. And I think that's interesting, right? Apple Watch was obvious what that was. iPad, it was internet as a device for watching content. And then ultimately, eventually creating content. iPhone was pretty obvious what that was. But they're not presenting like a use case. That. Because I hear a lot of people okay. saying that okay. about this product. And yeah, fire I, away. I think it's incredibly clear what it is. Everybody's kind of like, what do you do with the Vision Pro? What do you do? And I'm saying this to be facetious, right? Because it's something I've heard a lot. And I think it's fair because there's clearly some confusion. A lot of people are like, okay. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. So I feel like there's, I know exactly what I'm going to do with this headset. I'm going to talk to people that I care about in virtual FaceTime with personas. I'm going to watch content and maybe get a little bit of work done, right? Like it's what I'm expecting to do with this. I was on 60 flights roughly last year, which is that's first of all, that's too many planes. Should that was bad. That was really not a great, that was too much. But the idea like flying sucks. Like I was not in first class for the majority of those, right? I did not get upgraded. So I'm sitting in the trenches with all of God's most beautiful creatures, some of which are taking up too much of the armrest. And the idea that I can leave that environment, I can escape hell with Apple vision pro sounds incredibly appealing to me and like a lot of people are like oh i don't know am i gonna like this on a plane like are people gonna look at me dude i'm walking on the jet bridge with this thing on i'm i'm asserting my dominance i am that i am the weird tech freak that the future warned you about i'm wearing this thing on i want my little googly eyes to pop out when the flight attendant comes over and it's gonna be sick i'm gonna be like hi please give me my water you're gonna be awesome so I'm, I, I'm assuming your flights are under two hours, every plane that you've been on. Um, multiple batteries, John, for that exact. So situation. you're going to be buying multiple batteries. Yeah, uh, I bought four You can batteries. also plug in, just to be clear. You can also plug in to the seat power. True. So, so you're going to be going with multiple batteries on this. More power to you if you're going to do it. That doesn't seem like a killer use case to me. That's like another way to do something you're already doing. Let it be something. That's what I was thinking yeah, as well. Like what's new? Though, right with the Apple Watch, it was information that was on your wrist, right? You were getting notifications. That was something that was new that was adding. It might have been an extension of your phone. It was still something new. What you're standing, we're explaining, and I'm sure a lot of people use it that way. That's just another way to. You could do exactly what you're doing on your phone or an iPad. It wouldn't be as immersive, probably. But there's no that's interesting when, 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 i feel like you could extend the argument of like notification on your watch how's it different than your phone i feel like and i feel like people said this about the iphone when it came out it was like 
I have a computer at home. I can wait till I get home to check my email. But it's like you realize that having it in an entirely new format and medium changed the way that we worked and existed. And I yes. think the privacy of only being able to see what you watch any movie you want in there, nobody can see it. I think that. I mean, oh, like we, know, I, we we know your subtext. Oh, we know exactly that's not what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, subtext. Oh. I was saying I can watch Wolf of Wall Street when little Jenny, uh -huh. that's six years old, is sitting next to me and not feel bad. Not feel like okay, a piece of, okay. yeah. We know, we know what scene you're watching in from Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> There's so many great ones. There's so many great yeah, parts. Of it. We but, know exactly. And the idea to work on my 3D spatialized schematics for the new product I'm launching, and the other Microsoft CEO behind me can't look at what I'm doing. I think that's valuable mm. without the little screen okay. protector thing on my laptop. I would love to come back and revisit this discussion in six months and see if, if this is use, yeah. if this use case actually are you actually doing it? Is it yeah. as great as you expected? Is it more cumbersome? Does it hurt your face or is there some killer use case that we haven't seen yet? Like an app's coming out in three months. It's going to be like, this changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. The other interesting thing when you said talk to people who you care about, I totally get, but I feel like this is one feature that Apple's releasing where it's going to be an improvement for you and a worse experience for them because they are going to see your avatar. They're not going to see you. Yeah. But you can still see them unless they're wearing a Vision what Pro. Then it's it? avatar to avatar. They, they, they didn't call it persona, avatar. Persona, persona, I'm sorry. Yeah. Your persona. So they're going to see your digital persona instead of you, which I'm going to assume is going to be weird. It's going to feel weird hmm. on the other end. And it'll feel weird to you wearing Vision Pro when you're talking to someone else in Vision Pro and you're talking to their persona. That that really, I thought it was going to be, before they announced it, I thought they were going to just use Memojis, and I feel like that would have been less weird. No, I disagree. Just to use, they've already come out with Memojis. Like, we're used to those already, and they don't have that, what's the uncanny valley feeling with them. You, they just look like animated cartoons as opposed to, it's not, it's almost there, but not quite there. I do agree. You prefer the personas, it sounds like. Yeah, I, was, I haven't used it, right? Have, like, you've right. gotten to see a persona? I have not. Okay. I have not used a persona. But I saw no. the intro, like the... What is it? The get, getting started with Apple Vision Pro video yeah. that they uploaded. Like it, I mean, it looked slightly uncanny, but it, and I don't know, is there dimensionality to that? Does it feel as if that person is somewhat closer to you? Like 2D, I'm like, I'm on a freaking Zoom call right now. Like, guys mm. are not, this is not real. I'm looking at a 2D, like I bend my laptop down. You guys are not here. Maybe you are right. in my walls. I'm not sure, but I crave. I get very checked out on 2D meetings all the time. And I feel like a lot of people do. Sure. I feel like anytime I'm on a call, like even sometimes like this, I'm literally looking at like the rest of my house because it's just like, oh, it's not engaging. And it's not a disrespect thing. You guys are great. It's just, yeah. I think simply the medium for meetings sucks. And I think if there's one thing that could make things that we all hate better, like in person is always going to be better than 2D and virtual and sure. obviously better than even virtualized 3D would be in person. But how do you get closer to that? And I just, there's something about this. I feel like personas, I mean, launching in beta, I think this is just, I do not think this is the end result for Apple. And I do feel for this product, the last parting shot that I have about it, I do feel like everyone is forgetting Apple's track record of first gen products. Like the original iPhone, I mean, you guys were around for that. Like I watched your unboxings oh, yeah. of that back in the day. That phone didn't launch with an app store or 3G. That's pretty bad. Like, I feel like that would kneecap. I mean, you guys bad. can talk in retrospect, but that sounds... That wasn't bad because no, nothing else... 3D was still new and there was nothing else but an app store. We didn't, so we it didn't wasn't know. like there was comparison. We didn't know an app store. We didn't know that was something that was missing. Yeah. 
Like we didn't. What was the away. iPhone's know, killer use case? Multi-touch. Okay. Multi-touch and a full screen experience. Screen video, yeah. yeah. YouTube launched on the, YouTube was a built-in app yeah. on the iPhone that Apple wrote. Which is interesting because now we have Vision Pro and no YouTube there, okay. no YouTube and, on day one. And if you go back to, but yeah, in a capacitive screen, this is where they were around, but it was mostly resistive with the tiny little stylus. So that was, couldn't believe I could pinch to zoom on a picture. People will watch the original iPhone event now to watch like Steve Jobs' best moment, but they'll also watch and be like, everybody's cheering for and clapping for pinch to zoom. But it's like that, that, that did not, that was, yeah. you never saw that on any other device in history until that moment. Hmm. The fact that it's so just ingrained now, yeah. what you're looking at when you see him do that is he, it birthed a whole new computing paradigm. It's like the mouse yeah. or the GUI. So that really was what it was happening back then. But go on, Sam, go on. Sam. That was an idea. And I think that that's a helpful context because part of me and my arguments that I'm making pro vision pro being very excited for it, having never tried it, right? It'd be a disaster. We'll see. Give me, give me three days to get back to you on that. Uh, I don't have that. The only context that I have of a first gen Apple product is the Apple watch. I was like 15 years old. I was a, a junior in high what? school and I, Jeez. yeah, I know. And it, for me, I remember, I, I hear people talk about the first gen watch. Everybody's like, that was dog. It ran off your phone. It was super slow. The tracking was like, okay. And there, remember when we all thought we were going to be calling Ubers and using Twitter from our watches, yes. like we were just going to put iPhone yes. apps on there. And it's so crazy how it's like, oh, just finish the notifications. Like, that's why people are buying this. And, but I remember for me, I don't, when I think of the first gen Apple watch, I don't think, oh man, I think, oh my God, I got to track my workouts. I got a better idea about my health. I was able to get notifications and data that I wasn't able to have before. Like I have a very good taste in my mouth from that product. Yeah. As you're talking, what's occurring to me, what John was saying, what's the use case? The phone is always on you, right? When you leave, your phone's always in your pocket. Your watch is always on you. The Vision Pro, you have to make a conscious decision to go get it and put it on. Yeah, fair. They need to have a reason for you to continue to say, oh, I'm in my bed. Oh, let me go downstairs and grab my vision because your phone's with you. Let me go get this and put it on and make sure it's charged. And, all. and I can see if I look through the excitement and just, I can see that could be more of a roadblock and they really need to have reasons for you to say that to yourself. I need, let me go get my vision pro and put that on. And it can't just be on the flight. Like when you're at home or whatever, oh, let me grab my Vision Pro because it's going to make what I'm doing better, mm. easier, more convenient, whatever it is. If I'm editing in Final Cut and I put my Vision Pro on and, it, and I can blow up Final Cut huge in front of me and I can really get, it has to be, it has to make things you're doing better, mm. more fun, more convenient. And if it's not doing that, why would I put it on? There you go. There we go. There you go. I think there's just so many questions. And I think this is one of those things yeah. that we're going to have to revisit. And the Vision Pro story, and I think to what Sam said is it's pretty accurate. This is a prologue to what Vision Pro is going to be, right? This is, yeah. on all intents and purposes, it's a consumer-ready developer product use case, right? Apple doesn't want a two-hour battery tethered to your belt. Apple doesn't want a face computer that weighs, right. that seemingly feels like it weighs eight pounds. That's not where yeah. this is. That's not where this is going. Just like Apple, when they launched a phone, didn't want to release a phone that had 3G and 
couldn't send MMS. They didn't want to release a phone that couldn't record video. Um, the story is clearly not written for what this is going to be. And I think the future of Vision Pro is going to be epic and incredible. I don't think this product is going to be for everybody. And I think it's inevitably not going to live up to the hype. Everybody's envisioning Gen 3 or Gen 4. The complaints, it's heavy, battery life sucks, all that kind of stuff. But the path to get there is what I'm excited to see with Vision Pro. What's this first step on that? And we've seen Meta try it, and they've been relatively successful. It's not a device for me, uh, the Meta Quest devices. The utility hasn't been there. Maybe this will be. And I think that's probably where the hype comes from. But I will say, if Gen 3 and Gen 4 don't have a killer use case, that I think the product lens probably trouble. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I Fair. I use the Quest and... Yeah, I mean, I, this is, I sort of John about this on Genius Bar, our podcast, and I sort of like going into the Apple Watch, I didn't own a Pebble. When I got my first iPhone, I never owned an Android yeah. before. So I never had that context. I was like, this there was is no really Android really to be cool clear. and good. Well, I hopped on the iPhone 4S, you know, oh, a child. Okay. And my parents were like, maybe he shouldn't have an iPhone 3. <laughs> like maybe he should get just <laughs> yeah. a flip phone. Uh, and I have experience with the most mainstream, six consumer successful, big quotes on all of that. Yeah. Uh, Quest 3. And the other night, just for fun. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take like a, like an anchor battery pack. I plugged it in with the USB C to power it, and I acted like it was the Apple Vision Pro with a battery pack. I put it in my pocket. I know I'm a psycho, and I was like, I'm gonna put this on and try to walk around and use it for an hour, and it was unusable. The yeah. lag when you're moving in 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 the uh, pass through mode, pass through. The colors are so off. The grain, if you don't have floods of light, and if you put your hand anywhere near the cameras, like like your cheek, the cameras start warping in different directions. And I'm like, no one would buy this. Like, there's a reason that it's like 11 million total since like 2015 or something. Like, this is not actually a consumer ready device. Meta's going to tell you it's 500 bucks. You're better off saving 500 bucks a year for seven years than to buy a MetaQuest now. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Interesting assessment. If I could back up here, yes. with the MetaQuest, Sam, you can watch movies on the airplane. True. You could watch Wolf of Wall Street, not have people see what you're doing. Um, you could design that new product and have the CEO of Microsoft behind you checking yeah. it out. You could have better battery life and not have a battery pack tethered to your hip. In all fairness, your Vision Pro use cases, you can do Pretty much the same thing on the MetaQuest. Yeah, but it all sucks. I've tried all of these things, by the okay. way. I've watched right, a movie in big fair, screen. Fair it's, that, that is interesting. That's a good answer because we did have phones before the iPhone that yeah. were smartphones. Yeah. That, but they did suck. Like right? They had those experiences, but they were not as good. The Quest is a proof of concept. I was like, I want to hear more about this whole AR, VR thing. Like, sure. It's interesting enough that I haven't sold my Quest 3 but I use it less than once every couple months and it's rarely charged. And yeah, just the, the quality of everything, the software, like the software is so bad. And the idea, and also controllers, like I like everybody forgets the controller. Controllers are not a good human way to deal with something. You just want to touch. Like, I mean, listen, for Friday, I am expecting to put this thing on and be like, oh my God, this is it. This is what this experience was always supposed to feel like. And if it doesn't feel like that, something is very wrong. I, I have a problem with the lack of controllers, actually. 
I th- so when you use the Vision Pro within 30 to 60 seconds, you have mastered moving around and yeah. manipulating. It's very intuitive. Only problem is game. Remember when Microsoft had the Connect? Mm. Yeah. The Connect was an add-on, and because it was an add-on, it meant not everyone who had an Xbox had a Connect. So if you want to make games for Connect, you can only sell to a subset of Xbox owners. And that's why they packed it in with the Xbox One and made it mandatory, but then it made it too expensive, and that's a whole different story. But at least with the Xbox One, you knew if I make a game, anyone who owns this console has a Connect. So if Apple were to later release some sort of VR spatial controller, not everyone's going to buy it, which means developers won't know what is the potential audience of this game I'm making. I don't know how you do gaming in particular. How do you do gaming, spatial gaming without button? Like, because it's not just moving your hands. You move your hands to grab things or press a button here or there. But to actually, when you have a controller in your hand, you have buttons under each finger and directions you can move and everything. Without that, I feel, and that's the one thing Apple hasn't really showed us. They've told us there's going to be over 200 games available on day one, right? But I'm assuming those are going to be mostly flat 2D games to play with an Xbox controller. Now, there are supposed to be some spatial games as well. I don't know how many of those will be. Yeah, exactly. But that's... That's not, that's where I feel like the Quest has the advantage. If you're looking to play games in 3D, the Quest is a really good headset to do that. And I don't understand why Apple would seed that portion instead of also trying to play in that space as well here. I just don't think it's very Apple. Apple's history with gaming. It's, that's, I think they know what they're good at and- yeah, I founder of the Oculus Quest. Uh, I can't remember Bro's name, but he now works in like military defense contracting. I watched an interesting interview. Like Tyler Lucky or something. But this, uh, I can't remember his name. But anyway, just talking about it recently, and he was like, "What Apple did was great. They're going for the high end is good." Palmer Lucky, founder of Oculus. Palmer. Um, and he was like, "But I think a big mistake is not having controllers because haptic feedback is really helpful." But I just, uh, for me, it feels. Like there's no doubt in my mind. Like I, I actually think I would have been less excited if there were controllers because that's something I've already seen. And yes, technically the MetaQuest Pro and MetaQuest Three can do finger and eye tracking a little bit, but it's kind of cheap. Like I tried to do the hand tracking, and it's I think to get people used to spatial computing, it's got to be like the iPhone. You just touch it. You just sit down with this and you start going. Yeah, I don't. Well, the other night I went into my room and I was like, oh my god, I left the controllers in the kitchen. Had to walk back to the kitchen, grab the controllers to use my headset, and I absolutely agree with you in saying that gaming i mean yeah what game console that didn't fail the connect like they have a controller when i play call of duty i'm playing with a, a xbox controller but you can also argue well apple said you can use bluetooth controllers with this so any games right. we see we could use a playstation controller That's and I, I we've heard rumors for years on and off that apple's working on their own game controller we see apple arcade I would not be shocked, like you said, if there was a Apple game controller made specifically for Vision Pro. Maybe it's a ring you put on your finger or something. There have been some rumors that Apple would have been exploring that. I, uh, I don't know. For this first thing, I I feel pretty happy for what it is. I mean, maybe my tune's going to change, but going into it, I feel confident, and Apple's the only one that can let me down 
at this point, if I put this on and I'm like, oh, I don't want to use this. But based on what people like you have said, Andrew, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to use it. I feel like I'm going to be in there. I think so. I think so. I'm really curious to see how John's feeling after a week or so. Yeah. Like that's, I feel like that John, someone like John <laughs> is really the test. True. Give him NBA, like please. This. Give him Rams games. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it open mind on it. I really am. I'm not spending 3500 bucks to intentionally bash a product. So I'm hoping I put this on. I'm like, I get it. All right, that's Vision Pro. Let's move on to one more topic I want to talk about. Huge news this week. Big news. I don't know if people understand, but this is, this is the biggest change probably to the iPhone since the launch of the iPhone, in my opinion. Because for me, hardware really is nothing without software, and this is a huge software change. So I'm just going to go over, I'm just going to read some stuff, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, few changes. First, globally not just the EU, game streaming apps are now allowed on the App Store. So that's Xbox Cloud Streaming, Netflix Games, mm -hmm. NVIDIA GeForce Now, etc. Mm -hmm. That's all allowed starting earlier this week or last week. Third-party app marketplaces in the EU, which Apple can approve for functionality, but not content. In other words, if you have an app that is X-rated content mm -hmm. or that is all about jailbreaking device or whatever it might be. It can't actually gambling. do a jailbreak, but like teaching, gambling, Real yeah. slot NFTs, yep. crypto. As long as the apps work properly, Apple has to approve them. Again, only in the EU. That's nuts. Web browsers using non-WebKit engines, which means Chrome can use Chromium only in the EU, but... The third-party app marketplaces and this browser thing are only for iPhone, not iPad OS. So if you want to make Chrome, you need to make Chrome for iPhone in the U.S. and then Chrome for iPad different than Chrome for iPhone. Um, the biggest one or mo most interesting to me is a, a new core technology fee yeah. of about 50 cents per app download yep. and per app update after you cross a million annually. So developers have these three options, and then we'll talk about this. Number one. Stay in the app store under the current rules exclusively. You pay the same as you pay now to Apple and there's no core technology fee. Yep. Number two, opt into the new EU rule. You can choose to remain in the app store if you want to, and your fee is reduced from 30% slash 15% if you're a small developer down to 20 slash 13% plus the collection of that core technology fee. Or you can use your own payment system and pay 17% or 10% plus the fee. Third option is distribute your apps in a third-party app marketplace. No option to use Apple's payment processing since you're not in the app store. No percentage paid to Apple. That's crazy. You still need to pay that core technology fee. As this whole thing sounds once like you so opt nuts in, that it's real. Yeah. Once you opt into the new EU option, you cannot go back. Quite really? If you say, I, I want to, you cannot, you cannot undo that option. They're so funny if you say, for that. You, you can't just try it out. <laughs> if you decide we're going to do this, you're locked in. And that core technology fee is a part of this going forward. Hmm. Apple obviously believes very strong mm -hmm. that what they have built in iOS, they deserve to be compensated for no matter what. Even if you don't use their payment processing system, even if you're not in their app store. And proof of that is in that core technology fee. I can't imagine what Apple's response would have been 
if let's just say Verizon said your iPhone runs on the network we built, every iMessage that gets sent, we want a core technology fee. It goes through our wires. Crazy. Apple wouldn't be cool with that. This is, this feels like Apple never, I don't feel like Apple ever is a good negotiator. And I don't mean like a bad faith negotiator. They don't know how <laughs> to negotiate they just take if no they're hostages. not in a position of power. Yeah. If they're in a position of power, they'll, hey, here's what we're looking like. Eddie Q or whatever, Tim Cook, they'll negotiate all day, right? If they are up against the government, it seems they don't know what to do. And they're just grasping at straws, trying to keep this money that if you look at their whole, the whole of their income. Yeah. I don't get the point because this is such a small drop in the bucket and it's just going to keep inviting regulatory pressure, not just from the EU, not just in Japan, where they're also doing something similar, but here in the US where we've seen it keep cropping up, like Tim Cook, what are you doing? What is going on? I see. I view that. What do you guys think about I this? I view this as Apple very clearly knowing that they were acting monopolistic and not in good faith from what the EU standards are. They know they're wrong. Like, if you, uh, I catch my kid getting an extra cookie, I'm like, why are you getting an extra cookie? Sorry, shouldn't have had that cookie. This is, <laughs> I think, Apple realizing that whether you agree or disagree with the EU's saying, that as the laws are written, they were clearly in the room. It's a good way to look at it. I feel like that's a very objective. But what about what? Okay, so they're in the wrong. But this is like their way of saying, okay, we were in the wrong. So we're going to offer these other things. So now we're in the right. But the other things that we offer as options for you, the developer, will be worse. So therefore, you're just going to want to keep doing what we were doing in the first place. So it's the illusion of an option without really giving you. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Again, let's go back to the kids thing. I'm not touching him. You told me not to touch him, but I'm not touching him. I've got their hand, yes. I've got their hand a millimeter away from his face. It's yeah. the same. It's the same thing. For those holding out hope that we're going to see this in the U.S., I just want to dash some water on those fires. I think the chances of us seeing this in the U.S. is slim to none. Just in my, my, in my opinion. Interesting. My, my thought process on that was, and I could be wrong, how long are they going to want to put resources towards having a whole different system of iOS just for one, sure. not a country, but one, one region. But I can see them doing it out of spite. It's just, I'm not sure that they would want to. I hope I'm wrong. This core technology fee. Yes, the core technology fee. Let me talk about this for a yeah. second. So it's for developers who have, it, it kicks in after a million downloads or updates. So if you have a million and one in one year, you owe Apple 50 cents, basically. So this is obviously a fee on their competitors. Mm -hmm. This is a fee on Netflix. Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Spotify, because these are the apps that have tens of millions of downloads. And anytime they release an update, there's another 10 million, right? Yeah. This Apple hat, the rule was they had to separate app store profitability from iOS profitability. And this is their way of doing that. I can see the CTF being acceptable to the EU for that reason. Because the ruling wasn't you're not allowed to make money from the iPhone. It was you can't pair these two things together and profit from the combo. So they're splitting it. But like, 
we know Google pays Apple, I forget how many billions of dollars mm -hmm. to be the default search engine, yeah. right? How much more are they going to have to pay if they opt for it mm -hmm. to have YouTube and Google Docs and Google Calendar and all these different apps that get updated at least a couple times a month, 50 cents per user, per download. This is just, yeah. it, it seems, it just goes back to what I said a minute ago, which is we've given you options, but they're not really options you're going to take. No. You're just going to stick with giving us our 30%. But they did it, right? It's there. And say they did it. This, I feel, this is another thing that's going to, like, the news of the week should be Apple Vision Pro is four days away. And instead, that's almost in the background because, it's, oh, what, Netflix isn't there? Spotify is not there? Like, why? Yeah. I can see why. If I see why you're not rushing to support Apple's new hardware, when you feel like, as the Spotify CEO said, you're being extorted, right? Now, I don't know if you yeah. are or not, but if you feel this way towards Apple and it, the product's not going to have that many in the grand scheme of thing, big market share compared yeah. to all the other devices, why would you rush and put something out? And this is on Tim Cook, by the way, because it's Tim Cook's decision to do this, but it's also Tim Cook who failed to get Netflix and YouTube and Spotify because he, Apple knows when Vision Pro is coming. Yeah, Apple has really good relationships as far as like NDAs go. And we've seen, hey, here's our new product and coming to the stage is someone who's had it for yeah. five months and they've built this, right? Tim Cook failed to get Netflix on the phone and say, hey, here's when we're releasing. Here's this product. I'm giving it to you a year in advance. Please, have, what do we need to do to get this on there day one? He didn't do it. If he tried to do it, he failed. And if he didn't try to do it, I also consider that a failure. So Apple's relationship with developers right now seems very touchy. Hostile. Just be honest. Yes. It's hostile. They're pooping in their cereal, dude. Like, I don't understand. It, 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 like, again, everybody likes to be like, Sam sees no wrong with Apple. He, oh, he's number one Apple family. This is horrible. This is a bad way to do business. And this is going to bite them. It's already biting them with Vision Pro. There are real people saying, I'm, you wanted to watch Netflix. I mean, you can't download net, Netflix movies on the plane. You can right. use the browser. Okay, great, Netflix. I can't use the browser because I'm not paying $15 for an hour of Wi-Fi on United, all right? It's not happening. But Here's what you're going to have to do, Sam. You have to take out your Mac where you downloaded the stuff and then look at the Mac and then bring the Mac display up into it's, Vision it's Pro. Seamless. Seamless experience. Yeah. The, the point it's, being... It's, Terrible. Yeah, developers are upset. Now, do I feel bad for Spotify? No. Spotify wrecks artists. They don't want to pay them any money. They pay them the least of any streaming service. When what is it? Daniel Elk, when he when the moose looking dude comes on there and he's like Apple, it's like to pay artists, maybe. Like Apple Music pays them double or almost triple, I think, what Spotify does. So whenever like Spotify's business practices are extremely bad for the people that they I agree. Help, to be clear. So when I see him crying, I'm like, look in the mirror, bucko. However, Setting that to the side, uh, Apple's being very developer hostile. They're saying, you know, developers, guess what? We own you. You don't have anywhere else to go. This is the best place to be. And even if that is true, which frankly it comes for a lot of people, it's making people feel like they're kind of hostage to a situation that they don't want to be in. And it is absolutely going to make people over time start to look at other platforms where people are nicer to developers. I don't know why Apple doesn't find a way to have both. There's a creative solution here where Apple still gets something. Reduce the fee in some way. Uh, incentive for if you make a really good app, you pay less. If the app does 
it should be if you're getting millions of downloads, you pay us less because we're making money at scale. Like there's just so many solutions to this that are not F off, we own you. And seeing how developers react in real time is really sad. And if I was Apple, I'd be scared, especially on the heels of an entirely new product launch that will frankly be decided by developers and what they make. It's a wild yeah. time to be doing this. I really feel if Tim Cook, and Tim Cook is a great CEO, obviously. Oh, yeah. But I do feel like if anyone else had that job, this would not be happening. Like this bad look with developers is like Tim Cook's penny pinching. We need every single, we need to extract every single amount of, of value that we can out of all of our platform. And it's, I don't know. I think I almost feel like it's just disgusting. Um, thank you for joining us this week. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. Leading up to Vision Pro. I would love, if I may reinvite myself in three to six months, I would love to come back once we all have them and either say, gosh, I was so wrong. I, I They messed up. I don't know what I'm doing. Or if I'm like, this thing's pretty cool. I'd love to yeah, revisit. Of course. Of course, we will be. We will be. And next week, John, we will have our Vision Pros. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up, that's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.